Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Our scripture lesson this morning comes to us from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. I invite you to turn with me in your own Bible. You can even use the Pew Bible that is found there in front of you. In the Pew Bible, it's found on page 73. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version, and I've always found it interesting when I hear the Bible in different translations, uh, the ways that one version may phrase something that speaks to me in a different way. So while I have the NRSV, you can be utilizing the NIV, the uh, different, the CEB, whatever version, King James version, New King James, whatever version you have, it's always fascinating the way that God speaks to us. And so if you have your own Bible, the Pew Bible, or even on your mobile device, I invite you to read along as I read from Luke 15, 1 through 10. Hear now these words. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. The Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or... What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God. For you, the people of God, thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, as you have been here already, Lord, you called us to this space and we responded. We have come to experience your holy presence. We've heard your word as it has been read and now as it is to be proclaimed. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. Several years ago, Jennifer and I took our boys for a day trip to King's Dominion. We were looking forward to going and riding all the rides and sharing in that time together. And it was a great day. It was a fun day, riding as many coasters as we could. It was a wonderful day until the day, the moment that I realized I had lost my wallet. 
Have any of you ever lost something like that? Oh, you know, it tore me up. Before we left, I made sure that I went to their main office space to see if anybody had turned in a wallet and nobody had. I left, made sure that I left my contact information just in case it turned up. But, you know, I was really upset that I'd lost my wallet. I wasn't upset about having to get a new driver's license. I mean, that's inconvenient, not a big, but not a big deal. I was upset a little bit about losing the credit cards that I knew we're going to have to, we would call and cancel those and have to get new ones issued. I was upset about it, but really, it wasn't that big of a deal. I wasn't concerned about the little bit of cash that I had inside of my wallet. I mean, yeah, it would be helpful, but in the end, it's just a thing. It's not a big deal. There was two things inside of my wallet that I was so upset that I had lost. First, was one of my father's business cards, my grandfather's business cards. Granddaddy was a service manager at Medford Motors, a Ford dealership in Oxford, North Carolina. And I have had one of granddaddy's business cards tucked in my wallet for as long as I can remember. And even though granddaddy is now joined in the great heavenly chorus, it was my way of just carrying a piece of granddaddy around with me. I was so upset that I had lost that little business card that had BF seat, Badger Fenton seat on it, and Medford Motors and the phone number. I was just so upset that I didn't have that card anymore. But there was another piece that was inside of my wallet that I was so upset that I had lost. Over the years, I had gotten to know a minister that was, he was a retired pastor, Reverend M. Thompson. You remember M. And at annual conference, I always look forward to seeing M. M was a man of good humor, and I always loved the stories and the jokes that he would tell and just getting to fellowship with him. And I remember one particular year at annual conference, I went by and I spoke to Reverend Thompson, and he said, well, he was asking about my family, and so I pulled out my wallet. And you remember back when inside of your wallet you could put pictures I mean, now we pull out our cell phone, uh, but you couldn't put but so many pictures in the wallet because it gets so thick. And uh, so I pulled out my wallet, and I'm showing Reverend Thompson the pictures of my family, and he said, well, let me show you mine. And so he pulled out his wallet, and he's showing me, and he's telling me about who all is in each picture. And then he very boldly says, now, look, this next picture, uh, it, it, it is my pride and joy. This next picture is really, without a doubt, my pride and joy. I said, okay, well, let me see your pride and joy. So we flipped it over to the next picture, and it was literally a picture of a bottle of joy uh, furniture polish and pride dishwash detergent. His pride and joy, which... Y'all know me. I like a good joke. I loved that. I thought that was hilarious. I told him I have got to find one of those pictures of his pride and joy so I could put one in my wallet too. And you know what he did? He took it out of his wallet and he gave it to me right then and there. Oh, that was special to me. That was so special. I, and so there, I lost my wallet. I lost my ID, I lost the credit cards, I lost my health insurance card, I lost the cash, big whoop. I was really upset because I had lost granddaddy's business card and my pride and joy. I, just something out of whack over the course of that week. You know, I was going through the process of getting the new uh, driver's license issued, canceling the cards, getting the new ones. And, and one day I went out to the mailbox. And I opened it up, and there was a package 
addressed to Adam's seat and my address. I felt it. It felt like there was something inside of it. I opened it up, and with great joy, there was my wallet. Somebody had found my wallet, and they didn't even put a return address. They just mailed it to me. Nothing inside, no name. I mean, it had everything inside the wallet. Uh, the cash was still there. All the cards were there. No good, because I'd already canceled them. But everything was there. And then with great joy, I found Granddaddy's business card and my pride and joy. I, I've got them with me right now, just so you can see that I've got it. I mean, here's Granddaddy's business card, BF seat, Medford Motors, Oxford, North Carolina. And here's my pride and joy. <laughs> I can show it to you out on the porch a little bit later if you want to see my pride and joy. I still have it today. Oh, you know what? When I f opened the mail and I found that, I felt this surge, this excitement, this incredible joy that came over me. That which was lost had been found. I felt back to normal. I mean, it was so much better than normal. I had this surge, this excitement that overcame me. You know, we all lose things, don't we? We lose things. We lose a wallet. How many of you have lost your keys before? You lost a cell phone I mean, how many times do we have to ask somebody else in the house, call my number so I can find my phone? I mean, it happens, right? I mean, I know for a fact you've lost sunglasses because we usually find them here in the pews or around the church. We lose jackets. My son Aaron, I think, was personally doing a jacket drive for the community when he was in elementary school because it seemed like every week we were having to buy a new one because he had lost it. Then at the end of the year, we'd go to lost and found and find them all. We lose remote control in the house. How many of you have lost a remote control? I mean, I'll find myself from time to time having to lift up the furniture because I'm so big and strong, not really. But I'll lift it up so Jennifer can, can look underneath because maybe it's fallen through the cracks. We, we lose stuff all the time. And it, over the course of this week, as I've been preparing for this day, I've been thinking about how that word lose or lost, we, we use it in a lot of different ways. We we lose signal on our cell phone. We lose our appetite. Maybe we've lost hope. Maybe we've lost a relationship. Maybe we've lost that love and feeling. <laughs> we lose stuff. We lose faith. And over the course of this week, as we've been experiencing these times to try to reconnect, back to orange, be with one another and to connect with one another, I've really been thinking a lot. I've really been thinking a lot about what we've lost over the course of the pandemic. We've lost so much. Individually, collectively, we all have lost so much over the course of the pandemic. We lost this illusion of safety. We've lost a lot of times connection with one another. We fell out of routines and we created new ones to replace the ones that we had lost. And here at Orange, we, we believe it's our vision to help be a, to be a church that helps people find their place in God's story. To find your place. That means to find your place, it hadn't yet been found. Maybe it's that we're lost. If we haven't found our place yet, maybe we're lost. And you know, we know, the scriptures tell us that we are lost apart from Jesus Christ. Apart from him, we can do nothing. 
And I know that terminology, calling us lost or going to seek the lost, that's probably not the language we should be using today, but frankly, that's the terminology Jesus used. You know, I think about it in Luke 19. We have the story that Jesus is walking along the road, and there was Zacchaeus. You've heard of Zacchaeus, right? He was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. That's right. And as Jesus is coming along, Zacchaeus climbs up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. And as Zacchaeus is there, Jesus is coming along, and Jesus sees him. And he says, Zacchaeus, you come down. I'm going to your house today. And as Jesus is there with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is overcome. And things are changed within his heart, within his mind. He knows that he can never go back to who he was before. He is a new creation through this interaction with Jesus Christ. And so Zacchaeus says to Jesus, I'm going to give back everything that I've taken and more. And Jesus sees this transformation that's taken place in Zacchaeus. He knows that there is now that which has been lost has been found. And Jesus says, so today salvation has come to this house. He goes on to say, for the son of man has come to seek out and save the lost. That which is separated, that which has been broken. Jesus has come, he says, to seek, to find, to save that which has been lost. We see Jesus give this image of using something that was lost in the scripture that I read just a few moments ago. Here in this particular passage of scripture, imagine this. The Pharisees and the scribes are grumbling about Jesus because he receives and not just receives sinners, he even eats with them. You know, one of my favorite lines in the great Thanksgiving is that Jesus, he ate. With sinners. I love that line because that makes me think he would welcome me at his table too. But they're grumbling about this Jesus who is received and even eating with sinners. And so Jesus gives three parables. We're only going to touch on two of them, but he gives three parables. He begins first with which one of you, if you had a hundred sheep and were out in the field, but lose one, would not leave the 99 in the wilderness? Go searching for that one. Now, sheep get lost. That does happen. And I know I'm probably putting into this and the humanity and, and visualizing this sheep as, as a person who has feelings. And I know sheep don't do that. But I can just picture. You imagine, can you imagine what it's like to be that lost sheep? Maybe for some reason have gotten separated, a connection with the rest of the flock, and you've gotten separated from that group. Can you imagine what it's like to be desperately alone and not know any way back home? I've lost that connection. It gives me great comfort to know if I'm lost, I've got one that is going to stop at nothing to come and find me. I've got one that would leave the 99 to come look for my, me in my sense of despair. Me in the midst of being lost. You know, I thought about that this week because yesterday I had an opportunity to spend some time with both my sons. It's such a good thing to be able to spend time with them. My youngest son, which is hard for me to believe, turned 24 years old this week, which is hard to believe that we had children when we were 12. 
Maybe I was a little older, but my youngest son has turned 24. And so as we were together, I remember just a couple years ago, my son Jacob and his wife had gone to Utah. They had gone, they love hiking, they love exploring. And so they had gone to Utah for a vacation. And as they were there, they had found out about this one particular place. It wasn't even a national park or anything, but they had found out about it online where they could go drive out into the middle of nowhere and they would go hiking and they would go hiking through slot canyons. Or some of you may know what a slot canyon is, but I, I didn't know what it was before Jacob was telling me. A slot canyon is formed when, when the waters rush through and creates these walls on either side, and you can go hiking and exploring all through all this. So Jacob and Caroline were going to go there, and he said, to get out there. They had to follow a, a dirt road for 10 miles, y'all. 10 miles on dirt road into the middle of nowhere. He said the only way they knew where they were going or that they were going in the right direction was because every now and then there'd be a ribbon tied to something on the side of the road or there would be a stack of rocks, the cairns that we actually used earlier this summer. We talked about that. And so he drove 10 miles out there and they found the spot where they were supposed to park. There was maybe a couple other cars, but they couldn't see anybody else out there. But he looked on his phone and he saw... He had no cell signal, and he looked on the map, and he realized he had no GPS signal either. He was in the middle of nowhere. But they thought that the trails were well marked, and so they, off they went. And they go through, and they're following this one slot canyon until it dead ends. And they realize they don't really know where they are. Turns around, makes their way back, and they start going another direction, only to find that that's leading them somewhere that they have no idea where they are. They are in the middle of Utah and have no idea how in the world to get back to their car. They're calling out, and at this time, it's starting to get dark. And in the evening, it's going to get cold. And they're in the middle of nowhere. You know, this is the kind of thing as a parent I'm so glad I didn't know about until the end. Obviously, he made it. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't know about it when it was happening. I could only imagine. I asked him yesterday, Jacob, did you and Caroline argue much in the midst of all that? Because I know how Jennifer and I would be. I told you. <laughs> he was lost. He was completely lost. Lost all connection. Lost signal. He had no idea how to get back. He did. Ultimately, they, through random twists and turns, they found their way back. But you know, when you're lost, that's a desperate feeling. And you would do anything to not be lost anymore. This sheep, the one that has been separated from the flock, it's lost. And again, I'm putting humanity onto an animal, but I recognize that Jesus is telling this for a point for us to understand that when you're lost, you're desperate to know that there's one that's going to come and find you. There's one that's going to come and look. You may be alone for that time, but there is one that is going to come to find you. So Jesus tells the story that the shepherd finds the one. He places it upon his shoulders and he rejoices. He rejoices in private. But then when he gets back, he has to go and tell everybody else, y'all, I found the one that was lost. He has that joy that has overcome him. And he has to share it. He can't keep it to himself. He has to share that that which was lost has been found. You know, 
When I thought about that need to want to share it with somebody else, I thought about this week, uh, just this very week. I didn't do this on purpose, but I'm a bit of a, a klutz. I break things around me from time to time. I recently had to get a new watch because my Fitbit that I'd worn for a year or so had broken again because I just do, t I'm always moving my hands about, you know? So I bought a new Galaxy Samsung watch. And so as I bought it, I made sure that I bought this cover go over top of it because the way I'm swinging my arms, I know I'm going to break it before long. And so I put a cover on top of it. But last, early, first part of this week, I looked at my watch and realized I didn't have my cover. And so I went looking all through the house. I thought maybe it had popped off, fell off when I was in bed. And so I took all the sheets. I took, tore everything apart. I looked under the bed, couldn't find it anywhere. I looked everywhere in the house. I looked high and I looked low and I gave up. I just thought, well, it's lost. I'm going to have to buy a new one. I'm going to have to replace it so that I don't break my watch again. And then Thursday, I got out of my car in my garage, and I looked right there beside me where I was getting out was this cover that had just randomly popped off. I wasn't even looking for it anymore. I had quit looking, but it was there. I found it. And you know what? I got to admit I had this excitement. I found it. I come in. I tell Jennifer, I found the cover. It, it really doesn't, it didn't cost that much of a cover, but I still had this joy that that which was lost had been found. I almost went to my next door neighbors to tell them, I found the cover of my watch. I, I figured they wouldn't care, but when we find that which has been lost, there's a joy. There's something that comes over us, something we want to share somebody else and if we've been lost but we've been found there's a joy that comes with that connection knowing that which was lost has been found and Jesus gives another parable he, he tells one that I think we all could probably relate to as well he tells the story about the woman that had ten silver coins but then she loses one it says that she lit the lamp she swept the floors and looked everywhere until she found the one. And then when she found the coin, she couldn't help but share that joy that she couldn't be contained to tell somebody else she had found that which had been lost. When I picture this, not just did the shepherd go out into the wilderness to look for the sheep. Here, this woman took great intentionality. She lit a lamp. She swept the floors. She looked. She, I can imagine her crawling on her hands and knees because that's what you and I would probably do if we were looking for something that we had lost. She worked hard at finding it. I think part of this mission for us today, especially when it comes to, to, to this particular week where we're trying to rebuild these connections back to orange, building those connections with one another and restoring those connections with God, it reminds us that we cannot just idly wait for something to pop up for us to find it. We've got to light the candle. We've got to light the lamp, sweep the floor. We've got to get on our hands and knees and look to pursue that which has been lost. When you look around, you see there are those that are no longer a part of our community of faith. Maybe they've found another community of faith or maybe they've just fallen out of that routine. 
I believe that if we truly believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the salvation that comes into our lives, that restores that connection, if we really believe that, then just like last week when I said that all you've got to do is say, come and see, invite, I think we've got to go out and be intentional in the way that we seek out that which has been lost. We can't wait for it to just walk in the doors. We've got to be the ones intentional and going and searching. If you have been found, praise God. But then you are sent to seek that which has been lost. Last thing I want to share is, as I've been thinking about this uh, this week, I'm reminded of what it's like to feel lost. I keep thinking about the sheep. I keep thinking about Jacob and Caroline wandering in the wilderness of Utah, not knowing how to get back. All around us, there are people. There are people that are lost and may not even know it. They've lost connection. They've lost who they are. And I think God is calling us to go out into the world and to proclaim, you are not alone. I was thinking about one of my favorite Broadway musicals that I've ever seen or listened to as I've listened to the soundtrack over and over is Dear Evan Hansen. It's a tragic tale in many ways. In the, in the story of Dear Evan Hansen, an individual succumbs to life. Life has become too much, and they lose their life. Evan, had, at one point, pulls together a, a rally gathers people together so that no one else would feel the way that that individual had felt. And he gave a speech that took on the form of a song in the musical. He says, Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Like you could fall? No one would hear. I felt those things before. I felt that like nobody was there. Even in the middle of all the crowds, I felt so desperately alone before. I felt like if, if I wasn't there, it didn't even matter. That you could disappear and no one would even notice. Like you could fall and no one would hear. He goes on and he sings, Well, let that lonely feeling wash away. Maybe there's a reason to believe you'll be okay. Because when you don't feel strong enough to stand, you can reach, reach out your hand. And oh, someone will come running. And I know they'll take you home. Even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you, and when you're broken on the ground, you will be found. So let the sun come streaming in, cause you'll reach up and you'll rise again. Lift up your head and look around, you will be found. You will be found. You will be found. You will be found. 
found. If you feel lost, reach out. You will be found. For Christ our Savior is come to seek, to find that which has been lost. Christ our Savior has come to find that which has been lost. Christ our Savior sends us to find that which has been lost so that the lost will be found. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, I give thanks for the ways that you have found us. When we have been wandering through the wilderness and gone astray, you have never stopped pursuing. I thank you that there's nothing that could ever stop you pursuing us back into the fold. So God, as you have received us, may we be willing to fully reach out to you, accepting and rejoicing in the ways that we have been found by you, that salvation has come today. But God, may we, may we have a burning desire within our hearts to look high and to look low, to be able to share the same joy that we have with those who are desperate right now, who feel so incredibly alone. May they know that you are the God that said nothing could separate us from your love. May we carry that love out into the world so that the lost may be found. God, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.